We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. What we are very proud of now is that we penetrate the cabinets. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. We've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Friday, the 20th day of May, the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Johnny Empson alongside Bruce Adams and the fan favorite, somewhere between iconic and psychotic, Marty Foster. Marty, how are you? I'm very well, thank you very much for asking, Johnny. It's a beautiful day today. Sun is shining. We've had heavy rain and thunderstorms for a couple of days, which have been entertaining. Um, it's better than anything that's on the television, that's for certain. So we've just left the curtains open and and watched the the lightning show across the sky. But today, bright sunshine and quite warm. Thank you. Well, that's good. That's good because you know what that means. That means that the climate is changing and we're going to be experiencing catastrophic events uh, in the coming days because of that. So it's good that you're pointing that out. And it's good that you have a front row seat to that. Um, I think you'll find that's kind of normal weather. The, the weather I experienced as a child in spring and summer is very similar. <laughs> to this now. In fact, um, I've lived, you know, over half a century and I've noticed the weather get worse, then I've noticed it get better, then I've noticed it get worse again. It's a cycle. This is what weather does. It's not particularly worse and it's not particularly better. Actually, we're coming up for the Queen's Platinum Jubilee and 1977 was a particularly good summer, which was her Silver Jubilee. Uh, and the year before that was the hottest summer in UK records, um, and I got very badly sunburnt as a child. Um, I think what I'm trying to say is we're not privy to the um, the scientists' uh, research on the polar ice caps and, and looking how that kind of stuff is melting, but what we can observe is our own local weather systems and have they really changed during our lifetimes, and the answer is no. Sorry, I've gone on a bit. Good evening, Bruce. How are you, mate? Healthy and alive, yeah. Uh, we've also been having uh, thunderstorms and plenty of rain, which is just the same. It's not out of the norm here. Uh, May showers, right? Uh, so uh, this yeah. is uh, the norm. We have thunderstorms around this time, tornadoes, those kind of things. It's normal. Tornado Alley, that's where you are. And it is, it is this time of year. I mean that's that that's what happens this time of year, so it's not uncommon. Uh, but you know, you know, you know damn well that they're going to be exploiting every little thing whenever something happens. Oh, look, you see, it's man-made climate change. We've got to do something, and we got to act now. And so, what's going to happen when we do act? What, what's going to happen then? Does that mean we're never going to have a hurricane again? Does that mean we're never going to have a tornado again? Does that mean we're never mm. going to have hailstorms again, snowstorms again? On the contrary. Oh, they'll be the imagine or no. Can, can you guys imagine worse. what might have happened? What might have happened had human civilization have, have had a real head start and, and we'd have actually been knocking around at the same time as the dinosaurs and whilst Pangaea was a thing. Can you imagine what, what the um the climate change activists 
would have possibly done or suggested that we do. You know, um, we need to put this fire out in the middle of the earth because these this tectonic plate movement is going to yeah. destroy Pangaea. The planet changes. It's not going to be here forever. The planet will not be here forever. Whilst I don't necessarily advocate um, reaching for the stars and moving on to the next planet, I know an awful lot of people feel that is our only natural step. My issue is that we've got complete ass hats like um what's his face? Branson and who's the other one? Musk. Musk. Well, That's does. it. Yeah, sorry. I was think I was trying to remember his name. That this is how important these people are to me and it's really how important they should be to everybody else as in totally unimportant. But unfortunately, we have to suffer their wills and their whims and yeah, if if there was some slightly more trustworthy people uh, going for this space race to get us onto the next planet as a stepping stone from Mars to go further afield, then I'd be a lot happier. But yeah, the planet changes. It's changed since it was first formed and we're never going to stop that change. There's lots of factors, isn't there, that, that create yeah, yeah. climate change and, did you and see weather the, uh, patterns. Did you see the uh, the video? Bruce and I were talking about it the other day. Did you see this video that was put out by the World Economic Forum about washing your clothes? They're basically, in this video, they're saying, uh, you know, if you wash your clothes less, then it'll help the environment, blah, 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 uh, using less detergents. More or less, they're telling you, only wash your clothes once a month. And this will also do something else, obviously. It, if we're only, you know, taking care of personal hygiene once a month, it will also cut down on the birth rate because people are not going to be so attracted to each other. <laughs> that's true. Yes, that's but, true. Um, actually, that's not true, is it? Because let's face it, we've been producing offspring um, well before the roll-on deodorant or, or the sha- or shampoo yeah. was in, in yeah, yeah. In was ever, ever thought of. Yeah. Uh, do you know what? I've got enough clothes probably to, to wear something different every day for about a month and then wash it all at once. But I'm still going to use approximately the same amount of water to get all of those clothes clean. So um, that is what I like to call bollocks. And the same amount of detergent, (laughs) because you're just going to have to do it all at once. Yeah, but there's... There are efficient ways. I mean, the the washing machine is a very efficient method of cleaning clothes. It only, you know, a modern washing machine uses uh, a restricted amount of water. Uh, you know, it it well, they tell uses you the minimum. Video, yeah, in that video, they tell you to turn that down even more. Well, okay. I'm, I'm glad basically, I haven't seen the video. I've, I've, got, I've got enough to be annoyed about. Yeah, basically, anyway. they just don't want you washing your clothes. That, that's what they're saying. They yeah. just don't want you washing. Yeah. They just don't want you around anymore. That's that's what it all comes down to. That's what they really want. They yes. they, they want us not to be here anymore. Yes. You know they, what? They, they don't want uh, you. Real quick. Exactly what you said. They don't want you to wash your clothes. They'll yes. continue to wash their clothes regularly, but you, on the other hand, yeah. yeah. I, I want to play this and then we'll move on, I, I promise. But since you brought that up, I want to play this for you did because I? you haven't heard you haven't heard Yeah, you did. You haven't heard this yet. This is okay. a this is a real charmer, this one. This one is from uh, the United States. He is a member of the Club of Rome. His name is Dennis Meadows. You haven't heard this guy yet. This is the guy that has the idea that is adopted by the, the likes of Bill Gates, Klaus Schwab, and, and, and Kissinger and these guys. This is the guy that is a member of the Club of Rome that is part of this agenda at the World Economic Forum. 
Take a listen to this. So far, globally, you are so far above the population and the consumption levels, which can be supported by this planet, that I know in one way or another it's going to come back down. So I don't hope to avoid that. Uh, I hope that it can occur in a, a, a civil way, I, I, and I mean civil in a, in a special way, I, peaceful. Peace doesn't mean uh, that everybody's happy. But it means that conflict isn't solved through violence, through through force, uh, but rather in other ways. And so uh, that's what I hope for, uh, that we can, I mean, the planet can support something like a billion people, maybe two billion, depending on how much liberty and how much material consumption you want to, to have. If you want more liberty and more consumption, you have to have fewer people and Conversely, you can have more people. I mean, we could even have eight or nine billion, probably, if we have a very strong dictatorship, which is smart. It's, unfortunately, you never have smart dictatorships. They're always stupid. So, But if you had a smart dictatorship and a low standard of living, you can have it. But, but we want to have freedom and we want to have a high sentence. So we're going to have a billion people. And we're now at seven. So we have to get back down. I hope that this can be slow, relatively slow and that it can be done in a way which is relatively equal, uh, you know, so that people share uh, the experience and you don't have a few rich, you know, trying to force everybody else to, to deal with it. So those are my hopes. I mean, these are pretty pessimistic hopes, you know, but I mean. So you hope that everybody can share in the experience. He's <laughs> literally calling for the extermination of the human race. Yeah. That, that's what I was going to say is how do you peacefully uh, exterminate six billion people? <laughs> that's, that's just that's a lot to digest, is it not? I'm trying to get my head around whether he's a nice guy with a messed up idea. Uh, he, he's is he an academic or is he a billionaire or is he both? No, he's an, what, he's what? an academic. He, he's one of those academic types. Uh, and so his entire life, he's people who, who you know, survive in the world of academia um they're not used to big salaries they get paid what the the university or or whichever institution they're working for can afford but they tend to have luxurious accommodation all of their needs taken care of and so he's already in that mindset to be you know to to be controlled to have large parts of his life controlled as long as he can do that one thing he wants to do which is his research and or you know whatever part of ac academia he's, he's working in so he's not a normal person and, and so the only people who are really qualified to speak about how normal every day there's no such thing as the average person because we're all different but some of us have got more of a shared experience than others and in this guy's particular case, he hasn't got a clue about how normal working class people think or what they will accept. And so his idea of, of us all going peacefully to the abattoir to be turned into protein bars for everybody else is... Um, uh, I'm being a bit unfair there because he didn't actually say that, but that was probably what the bastard was thinking. I don't think there's any response you can give that would be unfair, <laughs> to be honest, because... No, we, we have uh, to be fair wherever possible. I, I understand, but is is what you just heard, is that somebody being fair? 
Is that somebody being fair? I mean, that's that that's that's no, insane. That's that's it is insane, insane that we've got to get down from seven billion down to one billion because that's all that we can sustain and we, and we can have more people if if we have less freedoms. He needs he needs someone like myself to to have a serious chat with him. He needs an um, intervention. He he needs a, an intervention. He does he need an, an intervention, intervention with Mr. Foster. That's what he needs. He needs to sit but, down. But you see, Ned and I, we got into quite a heated discussion. Um, Why didn't you call? Uh, me? Along those lines. Why didn't you Sorry. Call me? Why didn't you call me? We could have recorded it. We we were playing a, another game at the time whilst oh, we see. were just talking. I see. Okay. And while you were uh, talking about, <laughs> while you were talking yeah, about uh, the population of the world, yeah, and. He's quite. He was quite right, and I, I'm sure he may have already covered this this part of uh, of the truth in a in a, another podcast that he's done with you guys. But the, the the corporations, the governments, the the billionaires, the oligarchs, they could have by now arranged it so that just about everything that humanity needs is free. You know, your electricity, your your travel, your accommodation, even your food. It could all be free by now. And I said, well, I wouldn't want that because where's the incentive to work? Once everything's provided for you free, where's the incentive to develop your own status and, and your own standing? And I'm sure there must be ways of doing it, you know, with... with um, uh, social scoring and those those kind of elements that yeah I, if I if I work hard at the little job they've given me then then perhaps I will get a better house or or something but it was totally unfair uh, and he was right when he said there's no such thing as a smart dictator what I said to Ned was to manage and properly govern a system where everything is provided free you would need people with deatific levels of selflessness because human nature always kicks in to favor your own or to feather your own nest or to do something that will make your, the life better for your friends even. It, it, it could be altruistic to that extent, but no one is that selfless and human nature always gets in the way of idiot ideas like the chap we just heard talking has. Well, what you must do is, sorry, Bruce, but what you must do is give Ned a chance to come back at me after he's heard this, although he he hardly ever listens to me when I'm on because he yeah. listens to me most days anyway. He, he doesn't. He doesn't listen. I, and to be fair, I, I don't listen to these things either. But um, I did speak to him on the phone today. He was uh, he was in the car and he was driving around in a uh, uh, in a car park at a supermarket somewhere or a shop of some kind. I think it was a supermarket. And as he was driving around, he was complaining about how some some guy had come at him the wrong way. Uh, it's in he pulled into the parking lot the wrong way. And I said, well, if you weren't the driver of the vehicle that's on the wrong side of the car, you wouldn't have that problem. Now I know that's a dig at the fact that we drive on the opposite side of the road to to you. <laughs> I know but our steering wheel. <laughs> Our, our steering wheel is on the right, the right hand side of the car, and so therefore we drive on the left, so that we are in the centre of the road. It doesn't really matter. The interesting thing is, and again, this is a apropos of nothing that's that we're really here to talk about. Um, supermarkets. If the supermarket is uh, car park is empty and they've put arrows going here, there, and everywhere, you don't have to follow them. 
It's not law. You're not on the highway. Those car parks are not covered by the uh, by the highway code. Yeah, it's private property. Those the, exactly. Those arrows are just for guidance. So the guide wasn't ma- breaking any laws by coming down opposing the arrows. So Ned can get over himself. Yeah, yeah. He'll be on uh, first part of next week. Uh, I spoke to him today. We were setting up a time for him. Uh, he'll be on Monday. Let's get right into uh, let's get right into this. And I, I've got something special that I want to end with you today on. So don't let me forget. Uh, we're going to end with that. Uh, and only you can give commentary on it. So I want to talk to you about it. So the first case of monkeypox because <laughs> you you needed something right covid's fizzled out they can't beat that dead horse anymore the whole russia thing that's falling apart they can't do anything with that so now they need to spin something else up for well the midterms and they need to get the gas prices so high the petrol price is so high that you can't get to the polling station on voting day so well you're going to need mail-in ballots again won't you because you're not going to be able to to get there to, to vote in person. First case of monkeypox is confirmed in the United States in Massachusetts. Of course, there was a case back in, um, I, I want to say it was in November of last year. There, there was a case then, it was in Maryland, but that barely got any coverage. Now, all of a sudden, you've got a case in uh, Massachusetts. You've got nine cases that are in the UK, all said to be unrelated. You've got 14 cases that are confirmed in Portugal. You've got 23 in Spain, 13 in Canada. You've got nine more or nine new cases that have popped up this afternoon in Portugal. And you've got 13 more cases in Canada that have popped up today. Also, Sweden is now on the list. And I believe they have a case or two in the Netherlands. I'm not sure. But now all of a sudden, it's just it's just everywhere. How did this happen? Now, Bill Gates has been running around. Marty, you look like you want to jump in there already. Why hasn't it happened before? Why is it happening now? That's that's what we should be looking at. Why is it happening now? Smallpox was eradicated some time ago through a live vaccine. And I know Ned has got a lot of stuff stored up about the differences between live vaccines and this crap that they're pushing on us at the moment. Uh-huh. This monkeypox, giving it a name like monkeypox, it, it, it's quite scary because I don't know if you've ever been up close and personal with a monkey but they can turn in an instant and they you get can. this image That's in your head of great big canines coming at you. The monkey's on the on the top of the rock of Gibraltar. Yes, yes. I, I was going to ask you about the uh, the monkeys, you know, the one that stole your ice cream. Yes, that one. Yeah, exactly. I, I didn't fight back because that Barbary ape had like three inch long canines and I wasn't going to fight. So monkey pox conjures this image in the head of of a really horrible, uh, nasty, savage disease. And it is. Uh, I don't know if you've seen any pictures of someone with the... um, Oh, yes. Yeah, they just need some stock footage. What happens to the skin. Yes, yes. They just need some stock footage or something to throw up there on TV to scare the masses. That's all they need. They just need a little bit of fear. But why is it happening now? But why is why is this this pox well, spreading across us at Gates, this precise moment? Gates has been uh, perpetuating this idea of uh, of a smallpox thing since uh, I want to say it's been like October of last year. Then we saw a case that cropped up. Uh, I want to say somewhere around uh, November December, and then we saw Bruce. You remember those vials that were placed outside of a of a lab, a P four lab in Philadelphia of. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. smallpox that were just laying out laying out there next to the street. The yeah. FBI was called to now come on, come on. Is all this is all this by coincidence? And then you got Gates who was sitting down 
talking about uh, th this is back in November. He was talking about a bioterrorist attack of smallpox. I actually have the clip. Would you like for me to play it? Yeah. And so I'm hoping in five years I can write a book called, you know, we are ready for the next pandemic, but it'll take tens of billions in R&D uh, that the U.S. and the U.K. will be part of that. It'll take probably about a billion a year for a pandemic task force at the WHO level, which is doing the surveillance and actually doing what I call germ games, where you practice. You say, OK, what if uh, a bioterrorist brought smallpox to 10 airports, you know, how would the world respond to that? Uh, you know, that there's NAFTA really caused epidemics and bioterrorism caused epidemics that could even be way worse than what we experience today. And yet the advances in medical science should give us tools that, you know, we, we could do dramatically better. So you'd think this would be a priority. It, it, the next year will be where those allocations have to get made, including this global um, pandemic task force. And what did he just do a TED talk on? That would be the germ team. Did he the not? The germ team. And then all of a sudden, yeah. this has popped up saying, oh, well, you see, we have to have all this. And then we've got the WHO treaty that's set to usurp all of our nation's sovereignties. All of our sovereignty will, will now be turned over to this criminal organization that's run by Gates, Fauci, and the CCP. Yeah. He, he's just planting a seed, isn't he? He's just planting that seed way back in November about the, the possibility of, of bioterrorism using smallpox. And uh, it's just keeping the, the fear level for those that are prone to fear at that steady state of, of panic so that they will do whatever the World Health Organization, their own government, their own uh, health service or, or doctors are telling them to do. And even if it's contrary to common sense and possibly harmful. So why isn't why haven't we got, um, I don't know, something like international rescue, which is kind of what he's suggesting. But, you know, the, the Thunderbirds that can go and arrest these evildoers as soon as they get on TV and say something as obviously Machiavellian as he just has. I, I think the last time we, we kind of talked about the monkeypox thing, I think, was when GP was on last because uh, he was talking about it and how it is actually the, the disease itself is actually really concerning. Um, the side effects of it is, is actually really bad. That said, at the time when he was talking about it, the chances of anyone catching it or it spreading amongst the populace was much, much lower than anything like a, a COVID or the flu. Um, it was more believed to be like Ebola, how it, it transmits. Um, it's, it's extreme close contact. Yeah, you need contact. To, to, you need contact, pretty much. So, yeah. so these fifty odd people in these different countries have they all been recently hugging monkeys? You, you would be able to, even though that sounds a lot of cases. It's not. It's it's very small global population wise. You could easily track and trace exactly where those people have been and and work out. Is it one animal that's done it? Is it several animals? But it hasn't happened. Monkeypox has been there. It's, it's been a disease and it's been something to be concerned about ever since the disease was discovered. But there hasn't been these kind of outbreaks. The reason there are these kind of outbreaks is either a, a deliberate infection by some bad actors, which that's the way I'm leaning at the moment, or it's as a result of 
so many people's immune systems being suppressed and weakened by two years worth of worthless snake oil fake vaccines. That was my argument today. Well, it wasn't really an argument. It was more of a, a, a proposing it. I was actually talking to somebody. Uh, we were going back and forth on the uh, Telegram comment section. I was essentially saying exactly that. What's going to happen now? And I posed this question to Ned today on the phone. I said, what's going to happen now? I said, with all these people that have now got all these compromised immune systems, you know, the antibody dependent enhancement, the uh, autoimmune deficiency, whatever it's called, VADES or whatever it is they call, what's going to happen now? with these people that have debilitated immune systems because of these jabs, they're going to be at risk even more so. This will then give them the opportunity to re-implement all the things that were unpopular that is about to have them overthrown, which is the lockdowns, the vaccine passports, uh, everything else. They, they can stack on the, uh, the shortages, the currency crisis, the hyperinflation, the war, the cyber attacks, everything else. Now that they can just throw this right back on top of it, and then they can channel that anger that the people that come down with it, they can channel that into the people that don't do what they say into the dissenters. Yeah, that would seem, I'm going to try and say his name again. This is my age kicking in here. It's, is it, it's Occard's razor, isn't it? Occam's razor. Occam, Occam, not Occard's. I'm thinking of Eddie Izzard, because he did a sketch about a monkey, Le Sage Don Labre, um, which is French for the monkeys in the tree. No, Occam's razor, once you've cut away all the unlikely stuff, the most likely answer is is exactly what we've just put forward. Why is it happening now? It's happening now because someone intends it to happen or someone has created the situation where it can happen. It hasn't happened before to this, this kind of extent. And the reason it's happening now is either someone's done it deliberately or it's because we've got so many people now with very weak immune systems who think they are vaccinated and fireproof, who are going off to far-flung corners of the earth with their vaccine passport and, you know, going on safari, going into zoos, going into petting zoos, meeting monkeys at the top of the Rock of Gibraltar, monkey world, we've got one of those here, and they've come into close contact, and it has to be close contact, with a simian of some nature, and caught monkeypox. Well, also, the, the monkeys that um, people usually come into contact with uh, are healthy zoo animals or healthy wild animals. They're not pox-ridden, dying creatures. So are these 50-odd people in all these countries in the world where there have been reported cases, are, are they all some kind of um, global veterinary system uh, you know organization like the the animal version of a germ team is is this what's happened no is it no help? word on that no 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 word on that and of course there's no word on whether or not there's been any deaths either of course you know that there would be headlines all over if that were the case yeah so is it actually happening or are we being gaslit again ned's getting very good uh and i wish i could emulate it where he's just putting things that he definitely knows because he does a great deal of research He's, he's really getting stuck into it. Whereas with me, I just go with a gut feeling. That's my thing. My thing is is not the research. My thing is I've got an opinion on everything and you're entitled to it. That's where I'm coming from on this. But I, I wish I could, I wish I had more information on it. But at the same time, I am so worn out with everything that's happening and with how dull people have been, as in they've let themselves be fooled by all this that I haven't got the energy to do that level of research, but it it will eventually come out. Um, sooner or later, there'll be something that that 
tells us one way or another, and it won't come from mainstream media. It will come from the sources that we all look at. I'm uh, to throw in. You know, we still have the bubonic plague, right? That that still we goes do, around. Yes. Yeah, uh, there, in, in there the was world. A, actually, GP was telling me about that a while back uh, when we were discussing it one time. I I called him and I said, "Hey, did you know that there's a bubonic plague outbreak in in LA?" And he said, "Oh yeah, it happens all the time." He says, "I get emails on it about every other day." Yeah, there's uh, roughly. Uh, the WHO uh, guesses there's about 2,000 per year that happens, except they also qualify that number by saying um, that number is really low. There's a lot more than that that happens. Um, but why and- why haven't they been searching for a vaccine for bubonic plague? Why, why haven't they created one of those when it was so serious? Bubonic plague comes from the fleas, flea bites from fleas that have been on rats. And those fleas can cross for a short period of time onto dogs and other animals. They don't live for long on there. And kind of once they bite something that they are not supposed to be living on, the flea dies, but they can pass on that that disease. The thing is, the the way of treating that disease has developed with the antibiotics that we've now got, the vast range of antibiotics, not just penicillin, but uh, an absolute smorgasbord of different ways of treating different, you know, infections. And that wasn't looked at, or it was looked at, but then swiftly ignored when it came to COVID. We had ways. They were all denounced and, and derided. So with monkeypox we we share something like 90 98% of our dna with with the chimpanzee which is vulnerable to monkeypox and therefore a lot of the drugs that would work on us will work on on the animals if if you want to treat the animals and we've already got ways and means of treating the disease but it's being ramped up the fear element is being ramped up for us this is a legitimate question here what about what we saw with COVID. I'm just saying because that's going to be the next agenda. We, they tried to take the agenda that they had, the mass hysteria and everything. They tried to take that with COVID and they tried to flip it to the war in Ukraine. And it was the same agenda, right? So it, like if you couldn't be a dissenter in that, you couldn't be against the agenda in that. You had to be for it or you're in the out crowd. Same thing again with this. If they spin this one up, I think they're testing the waters right now to see what they can do with it. Even so, you would see exactly the same agenda with this one, if they were to run with it, you would see the same thing. There would be no talk of natural immunity. There would be no talk of a robust immune system. There would be no talk of living a healthy lifestyle. There would be no talk of any kind of therapeutic, i.e. ivermectin, not the horse paste, not the cattle dewormer. I know damn good and well what those are. I used to use them. I understand them. And I didn't use them on myself. When you go and you get dewormer or something for your dog or your cat at the vet, what in the world do you think that is? It's ivermectin. Read the package. But if ivermectin inhibits viral replication in vitro, as the research says that it does, I'm talking about the human version of ivermectin, which does exist. I don't care what CNN says. Would that not work on this as well? Well, as you know, I've got absolutely no medical qualifications apart from a very high degree of first aid. So I don't know. But I would I'm just imagine talking research. I'm talking would. research papers yeah. that, that have been published. That's all I'm speaking from is that right there. And personal experience in the veterinary side of things from having administered this to livestock and to animals myself. Yeah. So if if that particular drug works in those circumstances, why wouldn't it work in others? Or why were we not allowed 
to give it a chance to work because you can have a when vaccine. it came to COVID. If you have any therapy, you, you had to have a vaccine. Exactly. Yeah, it has to be the vaccine. It has to be, you know, across the board. Uh, and the the ulterior motives we've talked about at length and, and um, anyone who's still listening to us will know what they are and any new listeners needs to go through the back catalogue uh, and, and have, a, have a listen to some of the previous podcasts. But yeah, monkeypox. So we've got approximately 50 cases globally. Why is it happening now? And what are we going to do about it? Bruce, did you want to jump in there? Yeah, I was just going to... Uh, I, I I was doing some quick searches to see uh, kind of the Guinness and all that of what virus it is, blah, 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 you know, kind of narrow it down a bit. But it's just it's a basically a form of smallpox. It's in the same um, same category as it. There's also uh, cowpox, horsepox, camelpox, uh, monkeypox. So it's orthopox virus, I believe, is the uh, the, the Guinness. But anyway, I, I was just. Trying to find if uh, it, it 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 would be possible that um, you know, ivermectin or something like that may uh, work against it. On the surface, if I was to uh, take a stab at it, I would say, based on our knowledge of how it works uh, with like um, uh, COVID nineteen or or um, any of the other viruses that it works against, it's exactly as you said. It stops viral replication. Assuming uh, orthopox virus uh, replicates. In a very similar manner, it should work theoretically. That said, though, not a scientist, not a doctor. I don't know. Um, it would require studies and research on that. That said, uh, they're also saying it has to be um, the the official uh, description of how you transmit it. It's through uh, heavy droplets or physical contact. Masks. Someone's been kissing a monkey. Well, my, my guess was is it was probably Gates, but it wasn't just kissing, but... Yeah, it's entirely possible. I, I want to get to this report out of the UK. Uh, Marty, did you know that they're telling, like the, your politicians in Westminster are telling you that you need to be living on 30 pence a day? Did you know that? I heard that, yeah. What can you get for 30 pence a day? Um, well, Bruce was talking about it yesterday. A pack of noodles, uh, the cheap pack at that. You can't get, uh, yeah. you can't get anything other than that. Yeah. No, I was thinking, actually, 30 pence a day with just a normal 12-ball shotgun, a birdshot cartridge is about nine pence. So as I'm a very good shot, I could have at least three wood pigeons a day for 30 True. pence. True. Could also grab but, some pheasant too. Yeah, pheasant, yeah. Yeah. Well, all the pheasant in this in this country belong to someone. Oh, I see. Um, then they're not a wild bird. And if you start shooting pheasants, you're, you're guilty of um, of poaching. If you start shooting partridges, you're guilty of poaching. I see. You can't. Ducks. You have ducks, yeah. Well, no, you, but you can't shoot a duck unless you're using bismuth or white metal, and they're one pound fifty a shot. Oh, okay. So yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, you, you know, can't. Yeah, you'd have to save up for. What a few you days could to... do is is a few of your club together, uh, but then you're only going to get the roast duck and and what's you know do it like crispy aromatic and in the small pancakes. So, because you're not going to get on one duck, you haven't got enough to feed several people. You've got, unless you do it in that way. We're talking nonsense here, aren't we? 30 pence a day. Who the hell do they think they are? They you think know, they're, they're your politicians. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to be our politicians for much longer. Um, but the problem we have, as we've discussed at length, is who to vote for next. Did I speak to you since the, the local elections here? No, no. They I know were, that you had. Maybe, I know that you had some elections it, that were coming up. Yeah, at the local. Yeah, level, yeah, I think it was 
it was a couple of Thursdays ago. It was one of the reasons why I wasn't on uh, oh, or available. Was this, was this the young lady that came around and knocked on your door and you and you, you spoke to her when she was handing you a, a brochure about to vote for her? Yeah, 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 yeah. But she young young is being very generous. I was left with Hobson's choice, you know, as in no choice at all. Um, I wasn't going to vote for the Liberal Democrat Party, although they won, as it happens. I wasn't going to vote for Labour. And I didn't want to vote for Conservative, even though I am a lifelong Conservative, because of the way Johnson is quite clearly a WEF New World Order puppet. So I vote, voted in the local elections, which is only a local council. It's not national, uh, you know, Parliament Westminster elections. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have them in the States. So I vote I voted for for the the woman that came round and I, who I actually spoke to because at least we had some connection. You know, I, I know her family business, I know her son, I shop at their store, all those kind of things. And to a certain degree, I felt I could trust her. But what we need is different people to vote for who are not connected in any way, shape or form to these parties. And we, we've talked about it at length, so I won't go on about it now, but that's I where I was it going last with night. that. No, I mentioned it last night. I said exactly that point. I said that you and I had been, well, all of us have been speaking since the beginning of this podcast that don't you think it's time we need to dump these useless political parties? We keep the parliamentary system because you need those in a democratic society, but it needs to be people voting their conscience on ideas and not political lines. It can't be any more of this political bias. I think it's going to get worse before it gets better because you've got there's a money expert who's helped save people millions of pounds since he's been Martin Lewis, the money expert. I don't know if you've ever seen any of his stuff. I've heard the name. I just, I can't, I, if he could pass me on the street tomorrow, I wouldn't know who he was. No, but a, a while, well, quite a while back when banks were charging something like £25 per item, where, where if you, if they had to return an item, if the, if there was a return direct debit or something like that, they would charge you twenty five pounds per item. And people claimed back tens of thousands of pounds in bank charges thanks to Martin Lewis, the the, the money expert. And what he's been saying recently is that he expects to see riots. There will be people looting. There will be mass shoplifting and and rioting on the streets of the United Kingdom, not for any political reason, but just because the people have had enough and haven't got enough money to live. And it's like Sri Lanka. Yeah, Sri Lanka has absolutely gone to pieces, hasn't it? I mean, it's terrible what's happening there. And it's all down to basically the rug being pulled from under them. Yeah, we'll lend you this, we'll lend you that. With Yeah, yeah, fine, fine, fine. Oh, we want it all back now, if you don't mind. And the rug has been pulled from under them. And that's what they're trying to do to the people of the US, the people of the UK, the rest of Europe. And people will react badly. So I think it's going to have to get a lot worse before it gets any better. And we start to have uh, a bigger groundswell of willingness to change our political systems. Here, we, we're also having um, the midterm elections uh, going on. Primaries just uh, concluded, I believe, on Tuesday uh, for most everywhere. So I, I don't want to see all those things that you just said, the, the riots, the violence and all those things. Uh, that That's not ideal. However, um, there's nothing, at least here in the United States, that says that uh, the American people have learned their lesson, if you will and are voting their conscience. There, there has been no, no evidence of that yet. So 
part of me is hoping that the worst of the worst politicians are the ones that win the elections. And I mean, I mean, the ones that are like your, your crazy left wing uh, communist type, they're going to make it things even worse. It's only going to accelerate the pain. Um, but through that pain, uh, well, we'll put it this way. Uh, a rat in a maze learns from pain. I assume the human race also will learn from similar pains. Um, You're a bit hopeful. We, we can only hope. We can You're only a bit hope. Hopeful. <laughs> you, you know, well, it's true, isn't it? Kids, um, it, it may take one or two times where you're told, don't touch that, it's hot. Ow! You know, don't touch that, it's hot. Ow again. But there shouldn't be a third ow. You know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. But usually it's about three or four times before people really learn a lesson. But I feel even more sorry for the American people because you've effectively only got two choices. We've seen what's happened with the Republican Party, the way it's fallen to pieces and sold out and didn't back the man it was it elected as, as its leader. And you know I'm not a big fan of Donald Trump, but he had that election stolen from him, in my opinion, and the Republican Party just did not fight its corner. So forget them. What are you left with? You're left with the Democrats. And it's funny how many times rat has been mentioned tonight with bubonic plague, uh, learning in a maze, and now a political party. But the, the left wing have no compunction against promising anything to potential voters. They will promise anything, whereas a conservative will say, we will fix this problem within our budget. We will fix that problem within our budget. And to my mind, that's a that's the way things should be. You should never over-promise and under-deliver. It should always be the other way around. If by some lucky chance you get a bit of a windfall, like the energy companies have had just recently, then they can do more. You've got Richie Sunak at the moment here as, as the Chancellor saying, oh, we're, the government is ready to help with the cost of living crisis, as if it's not a thing of his own creation, for goodness sake. And you've got Labour having now having the chance to say, well, what are you waiting for? Just get on and do it. And that's what the Labour or the left wing side would do. They'd throw more money at it. They'd put the country further and further into debt. And we're already ridiculously in debt to those evil bastards that own the World Bank. So no thanks. We, we need another way of sorting these things out. And it is going to get worse before it gets any better. I uh, I want to switch up here for the uh, the last topic. This is this is a bit far off from what we normally discuss, but uh, I, I wanted to bring this up because I wanted to get your commentary on on this uh, this subject. There's a new book that's out, uh, and in this book, this individual talks about uh, Lady Diana. Uh, that's Princess Diana for those that don't know. She was killed in a car accident in France many many years ago, and in this book, when the Queen was asked about what happened or what she thought happened in this uh, this car accident, the first thing she said was, someone must have greased the brakes. And at that point, everyone in her staff and all the people that were there doing the interview stopped. Everything stopped. It was one of those record squeal moments and everybody, like nobody said a word. Everybody just stopped. Now, I was quite young when that incident happened. I know exactly where I was when that happened. I was in my hotel room and it was on the TV. But I remember it, uh, and I remember seeing the car. Uh, it's just one of those life events. It's it's kind of like 
Uh, it's kind of like anything that's significant in history, the Oklahoma City bombing, 9-11, these kind of things, the stuff with like uh, all this stuff that's happened with COVID, the banking bailout. I know where I was when yeah. these types of things happened. Uh, and this was a big thing. And I didn't, uh, maybe, maybe I was too young, but I, I didn't quite understand at the time, I guess. I, I, didn't, I didn't grasp what it was. But what I saw, and I, and I will still remember this, when I saw the funeral procession in England, when, when I saw that, I mean, back in 97, what I remember is all of the flowers. Do you? And I'm sure you remember that, Marty, the, the mountains of flowers yeah. that were placed there. I mean, that woman was, was a, uh, to say that she was loved and adored by the people is a serious understatement, the, the work that she did and what she represented. Yeah. What you have to realize, because not everybody is a fan of the royals, is that Diana Spencer was chosen as nothing more than a suitable brood mare to create an heir and a spare for the throne of England. She was thrust into this and was naive uh, and probably wasn't given much of a choice in the matter. It, it was not forced, not, not by any means forced physically, but mentally you can imagine her family saying, oh, yeah, you must do this. You're going to be future Queen of England. It would be wonderful. Uh, and was probably all a bit caught up with it and, and, and very naive and, and not really having a choice. Charles... Prince Charles was already in love with another woman. He was already in love with Camilla. They had been lovers before Camilla got married and probably continued to be lovers after she got married. But Camilla Parker Bowles, as she became, wasn't suitable because she wasn't young enough to be the broodmare to produce the heir and a spare. So Diana Spencer... I had to find some other kind of, of of outlet for herself. She had to find something else to do with her energies because once she was pregnant and and you know the succession was secure, Charles got back up to his old tricks again, straight off continuing the affair with Camilla. So Diana threw herself into several charities. She was very approachable. She was a genuine, genuinely nice person. Um, she was a primary school teacher uh, or a nursery school teacher as a career. And you could see how much she loved children, how much she loved the public, how easy she was at interacting with them. And she built up this reputation as the Queen of Hearts. And, and so when she died in that car crash, although some would have it that she actually died later on once she got to the hospital, that she wasn't dead at the scene, there was a, a real public display of, of that affection and that loss that, that the public felt because they felt at last they had an approachable royal that, um, that, that they understood and who understood them. So that's what all the flowers were, were about. But you've already mentioned what the Queen said as, as, a, as a possibly a throwaway comment. But what you should also realise uh, for those that don't know, during the Second World War, Queen Elizabeth II was a vehicle mechanic in the Women's Auxiliary Army and knows what the effect of, uh, you know, grease on brakes might have. And when you look at the the, the footage and the, the, the stills photography of that wreck, that and car was travelling very, very fast and, just and it was very, very badly damaged. Yes. And, and just to throw this in there, as just, just as coincidence would have it, just so happens that 
the surveillance cameras in that particular tunnel were the only ones that were not functioning that night in Paris. Well, go figure. The truth of the matter was that the mother to the young man who is about to become or will become the head of the Church of England, because that is what the the, the monarch is, the head of the Church of England, was about to marry a Muslim. So Dodi Fayed, the son of I've forgotten his name, was his was his first name. It's Mohammed Fayed, isn't it? The the uh, the owner of Harrods. Um, that at the I didn't time. know. I, that I did not yeah. know. Seriously, you didn't know yeah. that she no. she was in a relationship with Dodi no. Fayed. No, who is the son of uh, Mohammed Fayed, who is the and again, I apologise if I've got that man's name wrong because he has he's been out of the news for so long. No, I didn't. Um, the owner of Harrods. So there's lots of conspiracy theories, and I will call them that because there's no actual proof. But then again, a, a good security agency doesn't leave a lot of proof lying around. I wanted to get your commentary on that because that's a new revelation that's come to pass, even if it's a throwaway comment or not. The fact that it was made and she is approaching. Yeah, and we've got no, we've got no actual other than that's what it says in the book. Now, unless. Unless there, there there's a court case up and coming for libel, then we can possibly assume that it was said. But uh, well, I've seen um, absolutely nothing in any of the British mainstream press about anything involving that at all. I, I've seen no, I've I've uh, I've heard I've nothing. Seen, I've of heard it. nothing, nothing of that. Now, if it was a false claim, then I would expect lawfare against the publisher. I would expect a smear campaign from the mainstream media. That won't come the lawfare, as you as you call it, which is a great term. That won't come unless someone takes that and tries to do anything with it. At which point, the smear campaign, the the litigation, and the bribing and coercement will start. So it's only if someone uses it, because otherwise, it's just another book on a subject that has been written about many, many times, and it could as easily be ignored. It's only if someone starts to use that information written in the book that those wheels will roll into into motion and that's fair that that is a fair as a fair assessment but i find it rather ironic that here she is and when i say she i'm speaking of uh of uh, queen elizabeth here she is getting close to the end of her uh, her days if you will she makes a uh, a comment like that whether or not it was throwaway or not but she's getting close to the uh the the end of her days here she's 90 i think you said it in pre-show you said it, she's like 96 she's 96 yes 96 yeah and so she's getting pretty far up there. We were watching a clip of Charles before we uh, before we started, and I said, "Man, he's not looking well these days." And you said that he was in his mid seventies, um, seventy three to be precise. Yeah, yeah. Like I said at the time, it was 90, 1997. I was relatively young, and maybe I didn't grasp the whole concept of, and I certainly didn't know all the backstory and everything when I was that age. Of course not. The more I got familiar with uh, the situation, and the more I've gotten familiar with the inner workings, at least what we see on the surface and what we're able to discover of. Uh, the royal family. It does make me wonder. All right, we're going to go ahead and call this one done. So uh, I want to thank you guys for being here today. For those of you who would like to send us some feedback, please do so anytime by sending us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. Also, do you like the podcast you're listening to? We do love having you as a listener, and we would humbly ask you to pass this along to five friends. That's all, just five friends. You know someone you're trying to wake up? As difficult as it is these days. You know someone you're trying to get to think on their own? Even more difficult these days. We would appreciate it if you would send them our direction. Gentlemen, I want to thank you for being here this evening. I want to thank all of the listeners. Everyone have a great weekend, and we will see you on 
Monday. Thank you, everybody. Good night.